King Radio Network at JournalKing.com. Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of June 30th, 2020. And this is officially episode number 441. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons. And we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at paranormalking.com. Well, part of me wants to say good riddance to the month of June. But on the other hand, oh no, here comes July. Like what is going to happen next month uh, hopefully um hopefully we get a little bit of a reprieve from all the bad news that we've been having so far for 2020 like i said uh, last week we're well beyond hitting that reset button uh we've tried to unplug it and plug it back in it's just not working uh so hopefully july uh, it's going to be hot but hopefully it cools off a little bit in the bad news arena uh, hopefully it stays at least warm on the paranormal news front uh, it's been kind of a, a weird year as far as paranormal news. Uh, sometimes you have big stories and other times you go weeks with really uh, nothing. And you kind of expect that when people are all hunkered down indoors and, and a lot of other things on their minds. And uh, as far as jobs and money and having a roof over your head and, and not dying, that's probably the number one thing. Um, but... The news continues to trickle in, and uh, we got a lot of people that just, uh, they're tired. They want to get out. They want to enjoy the world, and uh, these are some people that are starting to report some things out there, When we'll talk about that. Uh, we also have uh, got a pretty big update on conferences. I've kind of been putting that off for a little while, but a little bit of an update. Uh, it's not good. I'll also talk about last week's Loch Ness Monster photo. It has been identified. That's right. We have the answer to that tonight. And uh, beyond that, there's sightings of the Loch Ness Monster piling up already for 2020. Uh, we've got Chupacabra in the news. Haven't had him in here in a while or her. I don't know which which it is. Uh, we'll also talk about the government wanting to know more about UFOs. And we're going to revisit a story I talked about a few weeks ago. Didn't think it would be a big deal, but here it is. Haunted houses in the news again. Weird. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't predict this stuff. It just uh, sort of happens. So we've been talking the last few months about uh, the conferences, conventions, and it's uh, always one of my favorite things to do. Uh, I feel like it's a nice way to give back to the entire field. There's a lot of other websites that try to make lists of all of the conferences and conventions, and everybody does it their own way. Uh, for me, I separate it by ghost, uh, UFO, and cryptozoology, essentially, as best as I can. Now, some of these have multiple types of speakers, but generally they're they're geared toward one type of topic, and most of them are obviously ghost events. And... Uh, as a speaker at uh, some of these events every now and again, uh, hint, hint, uh, I know a lot of these these events and I've actually done one of my own a few years ago. Seems like forever ago. Uh, so I'm pretty familiar with these and I know what it takes to put these things on. And uh, I, I can't imagine what some of these people are going through 
right now with having to uh, pull the plug or being told to cancel uh, from other agencies or places that they're trying to host these events. Uh, but like I said, it's something I like to do to give back to the paranormal community uh, because I think it is a a way to really get good information out there and to involve the general public in what we do and what we believe in and, and uh, the reality beyond what is in television and some books. Uh, so to actually be able to influence people live is fantastic. And unfortunately, this year we've uh, seen a record number of cancellations in all types of events from sports all the way down the list to paranormal conventions. Um, and if you've seen my list on paranewsinsider.com, it's a mess. Um, it's just uh, events that are, are canceled, events that are rescheduled. Uh, events that are postponed. Uh, seems like most events are going to be just scrapped for 2020 and put on next year. Um, just a, a, a real big mess, I think. And uh, a few updates this week. The 11th annual Michigan Paranormal Convention has been canceled. It was set for August 27th through the 29th in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, but it's gone. It's, uh, I mean, even an event that's uh, postponed to, until August, just gone. Uh, they can't take any uh, kind of risk because things are in fluctuation. And I think people are finally realizing uh, that, uh, you know, stuff, I mean, we we're talking about this back in April and May and events going on in June were pretty positive it was going to happen. And, and now most of those are wiped out as well. So uh, the Michigan Paranormal Convention will be back August 26th through the 28th of next year 2021 uh, also the southwest florida paranormal and ufo convention that was postponed back from march 28th all the way to august 1st well that's now been officially canceled as well and uh, there is no makeup date uh, the midwest parafest was rescheduled to august 1st and has also been canceled for 2020 uh, but there is a makeup date which i don't know why all these events are saying makeup dates uh, for next year, but April 24th, 2021. Uh, the Kansas City Paracon, set to take place July 31st through August 2nd, has been canceled. No makeup date announced. The Little Traverse Bay Parafest that was set for October 2nd and 3rd. October 2nd and 3rd in Petoskey, Michigan. That's also been canceled and rescheduled for October 8th and 9th, 2021. Also, the Arkansas Paranormal Expo set for October 3rd and 4th in Little Rock, Arkansas, rescheduled for October 2nd and 3rd, 2021. We're talking about October, folks. Uh, the McMenamins UFO Festival uh, canceled for 2020, uh, originally scheduled for May 14th through the 16th. Uh, it was then postponed to September 17th through the 19th. Uh, it's now scheduled for May 13th to the 15th of 2021. A cryptid con slated for August 8th through the 9th in Lexington, Kentucky. Postponed. Uh, this is, uh, they're pushing it as far as they can. December 5th through the 6th of 2020. Uh, also, the International Bigfoot Conference scheduled for September 4th through the 6th in Kennewick, Washington has been canceled. And uh, I also saw this. There in the chat room, the Mothman Festival 
postponed from 2020 until September 18th through the 19th of 2021. That's a pretty big one there. A lot of people jammed in that little tiny town. So uh, probably a, a good bet on that one as well to be canceled. But really, uh, man, it's tough to see some of these events that have been going on for years and years to uh, to just be have the, the plug pulled. But it's really scary when you're talking about events in September and October getting canceled. Uh, this is some serious stuff, folks. And, um, you know, not to not to uh, downplay the paranormal, but it's just not worth it to put yourself in, in jeopardy for a little paranormal convention. But there are some events out there that are making an effort. They're, they want to kind of bridge the gap between keep, keeping people safe and healthy, uh, but also having fun and kind of getting out there in a manner of speaking. So the Roswell UFO Festival in Roswell, New Mexico, uh, that was supposed to take place this coming weekend, but it was canceled uh, quite a while ago. However, they're doing a virtual event, including having speakers present, and they'll even have their famous costume contests for people as well as pets dressed like aliens. That's always fun. Uh, so uh, I don't know exactly how that's going to work if, you, if you're if you going to get charged to go on these uh, to see this or, or what. But I do know you can submit your costume for the costume contest right now through July 2nd. So if you're interested in that, um, I forget the website. But uh, you can look it up. Roswell UFO Festival. I think it's just ufofestival.com, something like that. Uh, also... The same will hold true for the 2020 MUFON Symposium in Las Vegas. This uh, event also has been bumped once this year. Uh, set to take place September 25th through the 27th. Uh, that event will be broadcast live through their MUFON TV. Uh, I think it's a, it's a uh, kind of a backup just in case they do have to pull the plug. They can still... Uh, kind of put it on in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. I don't know if uh, speakers will be pulling out of that or not, uh, but a subscription of $79 is required. Uh, this will also not only give you the uh, MUFON Symposium, but it's also going to give you a lot of other content that's exclusive just to MUFON TV. Uh, however, the downside to that, uh, there is no people or pet costume uh, event uh, for things people uh, pets dressed as aliens as far as i know so downside to that but uh just a, a complete mess for these paranormal conferences conventions and again I, I feel bad for those that are putting these on it's 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 tough uh, you put your everything you you got into doing these things and sometimes it's out of their control they have no they have no say in these you know it's uh, either the state the city the county uh, telling them what to do uh, or just the event host saying, look, we're not taking a chance. We don't want something coming back. Uh, but always be sure before you buy any tickets to anything this year or even next year, uh, be sure to know the cancellation policy. A lot of these events I'm seeing are still putting that there's no cancellation policy, but I'm pretty sure you're going to get your money back uh, because of COVID-19 if it's if it is that. Uh, so, But I'd still be careful. Um, it's, it's some sad stuff, but uh, you still have to consider your financial well-being when you're talking about these events. So be careful out there. Uh, 
Yeah, just uh, sad stuff. Uh, so let's get into the, some news, maybe uh, kind of lift those feelings a little bit. Uh, and I've always been told when uh, doing a show uh, of any sort, never put your your biggest story first. But that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to talk about the biggest story of the week. Uh, it was probably the biggest story last week as well, but now it's evolved to the point of solution. Yes, we've finally found a solution. Uh, we've positively identified the amazing photograph of the Loch Ness Monster. It has been identified. I wish I could go to commercial so I could just sell some stuff and then you'd be hooked and come back. But we don't do that. We don't do that. So we'll get into that story. Uh, yeah, last week I talked about the amazing photograph of this creature. Clear, by the way. It wasn't blurry. Uh, so it was to totally in focus, which is obviously, as soon as people saw that, they immediately said folk, uh, fake hoax. Uh, can't be real. Not the Loch Ness Monster. It's got to be uh, Photoshop. It's got to be fake. There's no way anything is clear. It's a good guess. Um, but just like any other photograph of any strange creature, there's always two sides. There's always two camps. There's the pro camp and the anti camp, uh, the skeptics and the believers. And this one was no different. Uh, a lot of people did believe this was, in fact, the Loch Ness Monster. Were they right? Were they right? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, can't really hold it off any longer. Well, the creature has been identified. And strangely enough, it's exactly what the photographer claimed all along. So he wasn't wrong when he said it was a catfish. It was, in fact, a catfish. And I call it, um, I, I really wanted to name the story something different. And I wanted to say that I call it the ultimate case of catfishing. But um, bum. Uh, so Steve Chalice, or strangely Steve Carrington, depending upon the story you're reading, I uh, pretty much thought it was Steve Chalice since I actually saw him commenting in Facebook, uh, presented the photo to the Anomalous Universe site on Facebook to ask if anyone could identify what it was. Steve had taken the photo while on holiday in Scotland in September of last year. Uh, quite a few people have speculated the photo has been photoshopped. Uh, and we kind of talked about that last week. There's a lot of reasons for that, uh, especially since there's no original file. So the EXIF data has been changed and uh, it's been manipulated through Photoshop. I mean, a lot of people do that just to touch up photographs, crop it or uh, alter the color or you know different things that are kind of legit. But uh, I think it's a little bit more than just... Uh, Enhancing the, the light in this photograph. Uh, so Steve has never claimed that this was the Loch Ness Monster. He's very clever, uh, which to me seems weird, but it's, it's kind of a red flag to me when people are trying to be very careful as to what they're, what they're saying and how they're saying it. Uh, he never claimed it was the Loch Ness Monster, even though he kind of alluded to it. Uh, never came, came out and said it was. So there's no claim to it. Uh, that's the, on the... Uh, the people that have commented on it has pretty much said this, and all the news, uh, all the media outlets that are carrying this story pretty much are saying it for him. And uh, this is probably one of the biggest viral Loch Ness Monster stories 
of 2020. Uh, there really hasn't been much to talk about, to be honest. And uh, Steve claims he really feels that it was a catfish, possibly a seal. He also claims that he has not altered the photograph at all, despite the metadata proving otherwise. I mean, it's right there. It's Data doesn't lie. Uh, Roland Watson, a blogger and author and researcher, uh, has cast some serious doubt on the validity of that photograph. And many have said, including myself, that it just doesn't look right. Uh, the size, the angles, the uh, height of the creature out of the water, it just, nothing looks right about this. Uh, but it does turn out that all that speculation about the photograph was well warranted. So, yes, it turns out that the creature was, in fact, a catfish. And a giant one at that. Uh, unfortunately, this catfish wasn't actually swimming in the waters of Loch Ness. So, if you, you may remember uh, the big story of the Loch, the Loch Ness, not the monster, but Loch Ness itself, the body of water. Some people forget it. it's, it's actually a body of water, not, not a monster. Uh, there was a DNA search conducted by Dr. Neil Gemmel and others from the Otago University of New Zealand. And uh, that story kind of turned out not the way I thought it would. There was a big focus on the fact that eels were uh, the primary creature that were uh, discovered through this DNA. But uh, no catfish DNA was discovered. So why would somebody say uh, this was a catfish? But uh, it was. It was, in fact, a catfish. It's, it's actually a Wells catfish. And it was actually captured in Italy, not Scotland. So uh, it was captured in the River Po in Italy back in 2018. The fish was estimated to be 105.5 inches in length at around 286 pounds. And uh, I do have a, a picture of the actual catfish that was caught. I'll share that in the chat room. So if you're not in the chat room... Uh, I got like a dozen pictures today. It's uh, it's picture day in chat. So here's a picture. And you may be looking at this going, is this fish hurting this guy? He's screaming. Well, eh, this is a little trick that people do. That fish, uh, it is big. Don't get me wrong. 286-pound monster. But it's actually a lot smaller than what this guy made. This is a, a trick. And uh, this was done. We talked about this back with the Hogzilla photograph. Uh, and fishermen are pretty good at this. It's it's forced perspective. So the fish is out in front of this person, and he's actually a lot further back than he actually is to make the fish look a lot bigger than what it actually is. But it's still a pretty big catfish. I could uh, some a lot of juicy fillets with that. But you may wonder, well, how how could that fish be the fish in Loch Ness? Did, did guy had it in the freezer and he just dragged it through the water what gives what does this have to do with the one swimming in Loch Ness well as it turns out catfish have pigmentation patterns on their backs that's kind of like uh, human fingerprints it's pretty it's pretty unique uh, pretty rare to see anything that's completely identical uh, and unfortunately or fortunately for us uh, Jariah Houghton spotted the image and compared the pigmentation on both the Italian catfish and the purported Loch Ness monster image and discovered they were exactly the same. So let me throw that picture in there. 
as well. And you can see a little comparison to the two skins. And wow, that's giant. Why is it so big? Anyway, uh, here. So hopefully this loads and you'll see. Uh, there's the two images next to each other and uh, kind of a, a portion of each skin. I don't want to say cut out, but uh, uh, shown for detail. And you can tell that the, the color is different, but if you look at the patterns, it's exactly the same. Exactly the same. Uh, and the portions that look exactly the same, you can also look at other parts of this fish, and it's pretty much the exact skin. So it's the exact same thing. Uh, yes, Photoshop. Uh, so yeah, a small section's been highlighted as an exact match, but you can easily see surrounding that uh, other areas. Uh, it's it's too close to be more than a uh, massive coincidence. Uh, there's also a, um, I call it a I call it GIF, man. That's that's just me, but everybody else has GIF. So there's a GIF overlay that clearly shows that the two skins are an actually an identical match. I'm not sure if that's going to work here in the chat room, but I'm going to throw that in there. We're going to try. We're going to see what happens. What's the worst that can happen? It just doesn't work. Um, but it basically takes both of the skins, and it's... Uh, there it is. It works. So it flashes both. So you see one and then the other, and you can see that the spots on both catfish match up exactly. So, yeah. We've been hoaxed, but... Uh, yeah, so Steve was uh, pretty good at not making this a bigger deal than it, than, uh, than it uh, really was. And he tried to be low-key about it, but uh, unfortunately, the print media picked it up on it. And it's really gone heavy. Uh, the last five, six days, I think there's, uh, I forget how many hundreds of stories. And it's, yeah, it's just it's everywhere. I mean, United Kingdom... Uh, obviously covered this heavily, but it's uh, I've also seen newspaper reports in Australia and China and Japan. So this is a worldwide story, and it just blew up on them. And fortunately for us, that brought it to the attention of a lot of other people, a lot of other researchers and investigators who quickly identified this, which is not easy to do, but this is the kind of things that you, you have to do as – an investigator, as a researcher, you, you have to try to, unfortunately, uh, people are in the business of hoaxing, of faking things. And uh, even if you exhaust that avenue, even if you look through every single picture of any kind of fish you could ever find in the world, doesn't mean that it's still not fake. Uh, but obviously, the the all the arrows pointed in the direction of Photoshop, and it didn't take too long for somebody to, to find this. And he covered his tracks pretty well. Uh, but he messed up by not keeping the original file, which unfortunately uh, wouldn't have shown the creature anyway. And uh, there was a few stories I read which were pretty interesting. There was a lot of other researchers, including uh, Neil Gemmel, who I mentioned, who did the DNA search. This guy spends a lot of time out in the water, and he says that the um, the water shown trailing this uh, fish wasn't right. It didn't look right anyway, so... Uh, nothing about this picture was actually legitimate, except for the Loch Ness, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so a lot of people kind of figured it out. It was just actually finding the exact evidence to really uh, blow it out of the water is what we need to find. And we, we have, well, I shouldn't say we, but uh, 
other people have done it and they've discovered it and boom blown it up so um but i'd say that really the big thing he did was making the claim that it was not digitally altered uh he made the claim right away in the facebook one of the facebook posts saying that uh, he's not very good at cgi and then it comes out that he's actually that's his job so i think this is a uh this was his way of maybe landing a job. This is kind of to add to his resume. I fooled part of the world in thinking that I took a picture of the Loch Ness Monster because of my work. I, I don't know. That's just uh, – I've not been able to hear or see any kind of comment from him whatsoever on these allegations. Uh, but I say it's pretty much slam dunk. I don't think there's any way he could deny uh, this at all. Uh, the evidence is too far stacked against him at this point. So uh, I don't know, but I haven't heard anything from his corner. Uh, a lot of people felt this was fake. And again, I, I didn't think it looked right at all. And, but, uh, you gotta be careful not to make accusations until you have the data to prove one direction or the other. But I'm very happy when I see hoaxes like this get solved quickly and they don't drag on and on for weeks or months or sometimes years. And uh, a lot of, I wouldn't call armchair researchers, but sometimes that's a good thing for people that are uh, computer internet savvy and can uh, research images quickly. I mean, that's a, it's a good skill that I've had to learn over the years as well for a lot of claims I get through emails and uh, different things. Even videos can easily be faked, but there's ways to identify those as well. Uh, I helped... Uh, uncover one of those so it was a uh, ufo out of south africa years ago i found a video for for that so it's possible any kind of data any kind of information if people are taking it from the internet somebody else can find it and uncover it so unfortunately the loch ness monster is still elusive um, but trust me there'll be somebody coming along not too long especially after this one that they'll try the same thing and they'll try to get their name in print to become famous. Uh, it's, it's just a, a pattern that we see over and over and over. And this one wasn't so much. Um, I don't think it was an attempt at a viral type of hoax. Uh, I, I see in the chat room, the UFO in Brazil mentioned, I think that was more of a viral hoax. Uh, you get a lot of people who jump in and claim they see things and you'll be amazed at how many other people jump in and claim they see things, even though they didn't because people want to be a part of a story. They want to be part of something bigger than what they are. And it's easy to create that. And we've seen that in the years, uh, the last few years covering the show that, uh, that th these things are happening a lot with social media things. But uh, I think this guy just wanted a little bit of attention. He wanted to fool a couple of people. He thought he could fool a, uh, at least one one area of Facebook, maybe he thought it would get a little bit bigger, but I don't think he thought it was going to be that big. I think it blew up a little bit bigger than what he had actually thought. Uh, but uh, let me throw... Uh, well, let me throw... This is a good link. I'll throw a good link there in the chat room. This is actually to... Um, to a blog. And uh, what's his name? Oh, geez, I just said his name. Um, pretty much the, the early 
information about this story uh, when it was all transpiring. And uh, actually, actually two, uh, Roland Watson. So two links kind of, if you uh, scroll down, you'll see the additional story, the additional information. Uh, but this, I think Roland was right at the, right in the, in the middle of all this. And he did a fantastic job of, of covering all this, keeping all the information coherent and in one direction. And, uh, which you, you gotta have to, I don't think that's going to work. Is that going to work? That's not going to work. Yeah, let me fix that. Um, Sometimes it does pay to have one website that is just um, focused on this. When you have too many different people jumping in, sometimes it just doesn't work. And the information gets too spread out, and it kind of dissolves. And sometimes people, hoaxers will rely on that, too. Too many people trying to stir the pot and too many people trying to jump in on the middle of a story and, and kind of diluting their information so they can get away with it for a little bit longer. Uh, but this one officially signed, sealed, and delivered. Again, no comment from Steve Chalice that I've heard. Uh, I've tried to find some some information on the uh, Anomalous Universe, which was the uh, Facebook group where this was posted, but uh, it's been kind of quiet. Kind of quiet. Uh, so speaking of the Loch Ness Monster, uh, the fish of fifth, yeah, the fish, the fifth official sighting has been entered into the official sightings register at LochNessSightings.com, which is hosted by Gary Campbell. Uh, the latest find is the fifth webcam capture of the year and the second of the year for Kalen Rangel out of the United States, who now owns two sightings on the list, one from April 10th and the latest from June 3rd. And... Uh, I got to, this is an amazing photograph. Wait till you see this. I'm going to throw this in the chat room. Just an amazing capture. Wait till you see this 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 amazing photograph of the Loch Ness monster taken from the cam. It, it is just astounding. There it is. Look at that. It's oh, I don't know what to say. How do you deny that? How do you say that that is not the Loch Ness monster? I mean, look at that. There's the red circle and everything. No, I'm kidding. So if you've seen this picture, um, yeah, anytime you see the red circle or the red arrow, that's not a good sign. That's that's usually that. Uh, yeah, it's it's horrible. It's I don't know. It's like from a through a telescope on another planet. I don't even I don't even know what to say about that. It's just uh, wow. Uh, so these sightings uh, that uh, have been piling up through uh, this uh, webcam of Loch Ness. Uh, it seems to be, uh, I think somebody had commented somewhere, it's about 2,000 yards away from the actual lake. And it looks far. It looks like it's at least three quarters of a mile. It's, it's really far away. Uh, you can't see much detail at all as to what's occurring in any of these videos. It's, it's always just like a little line or disturbance of the water. And there's always uh, some story behind it. Uh, it, it's yeah you can never see any detail you, you can't tell is it a boat is it the wind is it a bird fish uh, anything you can't tell what it is it's nearly impossible to tell and uh, the more I, I look at these these stories and these photographs of these uh, web captures I, I think it's kind of by design I think this ambiguity 
from these photographs is exactly what people want. They don't want to see too good, uh, but if if it's uh, kind of the, the least amount of detail, the better, because then our imaginations can fill in the gap. I think that's really what's said but true when you're talking about Loch Ness Monster sightings. Uh, people don't want the clarity and the clearness. Well, they want it to be kind of far away and blurry, kind of like the Bigfoot stuff, uh, because that, that holds that uh, possibility alive, that maybe the Loch Ness Monster really does exist, despite all these stories to the contrary, uh, like we had the DNA uh, investigation that I, ta- I mentioned earlier in the last story and all throughout last year, uh, pretty much eliminated scientifically the possibility of any large creature existing in Loch Ness at all. So there's that. Science says no. Uh, but, you know, the power of belief is extremely strong. And it, no matter what stories come out, a few years ago we had about the innkeepers in the area in the 1930s all came together and they created they took the legend and they made it a modern day story. A lot of people got caught hoaxing over the years. A lot of people have got caught hoaxing information and evidence uh, on the Loch Ness Monster over the years, but it has not stopped the belief in this creature. So this will never go away. I mean, you could literally drain Loch Ness uh, and, and have it be bone dry for 20 years, and people will still believe that the creature is still there somewhere hiding in a tree stump. And I'll send that link. So the link I'm going to throw in the chat room is also the link for LochNessSightings.com for the uh, the 21st century. And so this is all your latest sightings uh, from this year, last year, the last few years. All exciting stuff. Uh, a lot of it, yeah, I don't know. Whoa, careful, Paul. Uh, so... It's a benefit of being here live in the chat room. You get uh, all these links, all these photographs up front. You don't have to wait. You don't have to Google uh, or Bing, whatever. I don't know what search engine you use. I'm just assuming here. Never assume. You know what that says about everybody. But, yeah, I, I do a little bit of the legwork for you. And uh, what else do we have? Well, we have one more story here in the cryptozoology uh, arena it was a story. It was kind of a late, late story. I was I wasn't sure I was going to talk about it, but uh, I already had a book of the week picked out. But this one just jumped in just in time. It's a book that I've been wanting to talk about, and it's about chupacabra. So the story. We'll talk about the story first. Parker Lipman, who was in the Buckhead area of northern Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I don't know what he was doing. He was walking around, hanging out. And he filmed a scary-looking hairless creature running down the sidewalk. And he did what anyone else would do after filming a scary-looking creature running down the sidewalk. Uh, He uploaded the video to Instagram. And the Instagram uh, account was called GA Followers. So GA is uh, Georgia, basically. It's um, how they abbreviate it. Uh, So Georgia Followers on Instagram... It's it's a private, it's a private channel. So I wasn't able to go on there and watch it. I don't want to. I don't know. It's creepy. Uh, many people quickly commented that this was a genuine sighting of a chupacabra. So brace yourselves. I'm going to th- throw the uh, a picture of this, uh, a screen cap of this video uh, of this chupacabra. Uh, we haven't had too many chupacabra sightings. 
uh, or stories for that matter in the paranormal news for a while, especially here in the United States. But, it's, you know, it's been a common thing off and on the last few years. Uh, numerous sightings over the years of hairless creatures have been documented all over the U.S., um, but none have ever been positively identified as a chupacabra. I mean, how could you? Since they don't actually exist. There is no animal known called a chupacabra. But that doesn't stop people from believing, just like the uh, Loch Ness Monster, pretty much. So these, when researched, they generally turn out to be foxes. Uh, they turn out to be dogs, coyotes, even raccoons and other animals with severe mange. So mange means that they basically, uh, they have a skin disease that uh, they end up losing their hair. And anytime you cut the hair off of any creature... Yeah, they look scary. You've probably seen pictures of dogs and, and cats that have lost hair. They look like aliens. They really do. So that's why uh, I think people just automatically assume that since it does, doesn't look like anything you can identify, it's automatically a chupacabra. And uh, yeah, here in the United States, it's, it's automatically labeled chupacabra. If it doesn't have hair, it's a chupacabra. It could be a... Uh, armadillo, no hair, chupacabra. Uh, again, uh, a, a fox, no hair, chupacabra. I've seen raccoons, no hair, chupacabra. So it's, I, I don't get it. It's just the, the knee-jerk reaction. Ah, it is what it is. But um, if you look up chupacabra from Puerto Rico, um, it's... Um, Nothing like a just regular hairy, or I should say hairless creature. Um, far from it. Pretty scary looking. Uh, short arms, short front arms, big claws, big eyes, scaly spines down the back. Yeah, not like a, uh, not like a, uh, a coyote, which is pretty much what I think this is uh, in this photograph. And uh, Chupacabra sightings started pretty much... There's stories of chupacabra that go back a long time. People always argue this. Uh, but in fact, the first actual sighting of one didn't occur until 1995 by a woman in Puerto Rico named Madeline Tolentino. And that leads me to the book of the week this week, which is probably by far the best book on chupacabras that I've ever read. And I've only read one basically. But this is the book. I mean, you read this one, you don't have to read any other book on Chupacabras. Trust me. Uh, this is the pretty much the official beginning, middle, and end of Chupacabra as you know it. Yes, the book of the week this week is Tracking the Chupacabra by Benjamin Radford. Now, some people are like, wait, 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 Benjamin Radford, that guy's a skeptic. The guy hates ghosts, he hates ghost hunters, blah, blah, blah. Yes, he is a skeptic, uh, but uh, he's the kind of guy that if you give him the information and the data points in the direction, he'll follow it. Uh, but if you uh, put up a bunch of fake stories, uh, he's going to figure it out. You know, just like I do on this show, he goes where the information takes you, and you have to respect that. Uh, no matter what anybody wants to call anybody, 
Uh, he gets down to uh, brass tacks. Does anybody say that anymore? I might just say I date myself there. Uh, but Tracking the Chupacabra by Benjamin Radford. Now, Ben actually spent five years investigating this, spent time down in Puerto Rico, actually interviewed Madeline Tolentino. Uh, so he's he's been out there. He's been in the woods. He's been uh, not actively just knocking things over, looking for Chupacabra, but looking at the story, looking at the the information, looking at the claims of these creatures. And it's all right there in that book. Uh, it was published back in 2011, Tracking the Chupacabra, the Vampire Beast in Fact, Fiction, and Folklore by Benjamin Radford is your book of the week here on June 30th of 2020. Fantastic book, and if you have any interest in the Chupacabra, uh, this will certainly uh, tantalize your taste buds for um, a goat blood, I guess. I don't know, uh, but it's uh, it's good. It's not again. It's not a true believer book, uh, but it does talk about some of the stories that have occurred. Uh, but it, uh, you know, of this vampire shapeshifter creature. Uh, but it does get to the root of the uh, the real stories, and it does it uncover some information that some people don't agree with. But uh, it's the best that we have, and I think it it points in the best direction of so- solving this. Really, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I don't think it gets any better than this book, in, in all honesty. And you know, I've read some other. Uh, some other books out there do talk about the Chupacabra in, in, in different lights, and uh, not to knock those, but um, I, I think this is the pretty much the authority when it comes to um, Chupacabra. And there in the chat room is the Amazon link to this book, and I will show you the cover. You know, back in the day, people used to beat me to this in the chat room, but uh, I got it, I got it. There it is. So there's the cover of this Tracking the Chupacabra by Benjamin Radford, this week's book of the week. And let's now move from creepy creatures to UFOs. And the big news in the UFO arena since last week is the announcement that the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee wants to impose rules on how information is shared by the Department of Defense about unidentified aerial phenomena or UFOs. Um, Although it's strange now, they've introduced a new term. I've not seen this one before. In the bill, they also use the term anomalous aerial vehicles. I'm sure that's been out there somewhere, but it's, 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 uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's um, a new term. We'll see if it sticks. I doubt it. Uh, UAPs really haven't stuck. Eh, a little bit, I guess. But uh, we always go back to UFO, I think. I think that's the one that's going to stick. Um, let's see. The regulation of the Pentagon's tracking efforts uh, comes from the Department of Defense's confirmation. Uh, you know, Earlier this year, they finally came out and admitted, yeah, those are ours. Those three leaked videos that were uh, deemed legitimate. And that the Office of Naval Intelligence is actually still tracking these objects systematically. Uh, The report states, quote, the committee supports the efforts of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force at the Office of Naval Intelligence 
to standardize collection and reporting on unidentified aerial phenomena, any links that they have to adversarial foreign governments and the threat they pose to UF, uh, U.S. military assets and installations, unquote. Uh, so the committee wants to unclassify, well, at least publish unclassified reports filed uh, within 180 days of any incident, uh, although the report may include a classified annex, meaning part of the information may be missing. So you're still not going to get everything. And I think I don't think you can because uh, I think a lot of these reports are the reason why we don't hear about it is because it's probably a matter of national security. And if they do have information that other governments uh, are in our airspace uh, recording us, it could cause an international incident, could cause uh, panic. It could cause a lot of other things that uh, would be worse than what we've seen so far this year in 2020. So there's a reason why the government redacts some information and doesn't uh, come clean about everything because as a whole – you get a bunch of crazy people together and uh, strange things happen. And sometimes we shouldn't really know everything that happens uh, when it comes to national defense uh, because we would react the wrong way about it. And uh, we'd want to blow stuff up pretty much. Let's, let's cut through it. But uh, I do think that this is, uh, this is kind of an important thing that we do as the general public. We We are notified about these things. And we've seen these over the years about – um, our airspace you know, being uh, impeded upon by other countries in, in different parts of the, the uh, United States and territories. Uh, so this isn't a, a completely obscured thing. We do know about it. Uh, but some of these other incidents, these strange things, uh, we've not been able to hear about until years later. Uh, the bill itself is actually, if you've read through it, which is it's really weird. I spent some time reading through all of it, and I don't know where or what, but uh, this information is not in there anymore. So I don't think it passed, or this part of it was just cut. Uh, the bill itself is pretty heavy on a lot of other topics, including cybersecurity, as well as artificial intelligence reporting. I don't know about you, but that scares me uh, a lot more than unidentified area phenomena. Artificial intelligence scary. Uh, the UFO stuff is merely in the comments section, but when you see the, the actual bill, uh, I don't see it anywhere. Not sure what's going on. Uh, it's I don't think it's passed all the way through anyway. So we'll see, but uh, it's, it is regardless. Even if it's not included in next year's um, next year's bill that, uh, you know, it's at least it's being talked about. Some of these things do take years of talking about to actually get it to pass through. Uh, you would think that with these incidents being talked about in the general public and there, uh, being a very high interest, not just in the UFO believers and people here in the paranormal, uh, but uh, other politicians and, and the general public saying, hey, why are you guys hiding this information? When when would we have ever heard about this stuff? Uh, I think that's enough to, uh, to get a lot of people to jump in on this and say, hey, look, uh, I think there needs to be at least a little bit of disclosure about these cases on a case-by-case -case basis when these things happen so that the general public isn't completely blindsided by this years down the road. So uh, it may not make it in next year's bill, but um, I, I think for me, 
and I've been saying this for a long time and a lot of people think I'm crazy for saying it, but I think things like this really demonstrate that um, the U.S. government doesn't know as much as what people think it does. You know, we watch the X-Files, we watch all these TV shows and movies about government conspiracies and cover-ups, but I think we're giving the government way too much credit. You know, I think they're just like anybody else. They see these things, they document it, but they have no idea what just happened. And I think they're in the same boat as us. And uh, despite the, the wording of UAPs and even the mention of UFOs and some of the headlines of these stories that have been floating all over the Internet, uh, this doesn't mean that the government has knowledge of aliens and UFOs. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's more leaning toward uh, just things that we don't know about. Could be other technology from other governments. It might be our own stuff that's being tested that we don't know about or other agencies aren't aware of uh so it all kind of there's a lot of a lot of layers here but uh, i wouldn't worry about aliens i don't think that that's where this bill is going i think it's more of of the technology that's available out there that uh is beyond what we really know at this point i mean you look at the stealth fighter the stealth bomber and all these other jets that came out in the 60s and 70s how long they were in development that if we would have seen these things when they were first developed it would have been uh, extremely scary. Uh, so I think there's some stuff out there that's being developed, being tested, uh, maybe not even just for the United States government, but other governments that we don't know about uh, that are extremely scary. So we'll have to keep our eye on this. This story, uh, I'm sure we'll hear something more. Uh, let me throw, uh, throw the live science link in there. Why not? And again, I've mentioned that I've been throwing a lot of links in the chat room. Nobody has been injured so far, uh, but you'll get these if you're interested in getting the links from this show. Uh, I will be posting those through Facebook and Twitter for the Paranormal News Insider, uh, facebook.com forward slash Paranews Insider. I guess you could just search for Paranews Insider, and uh, Twitter is at Paranews Insider. And uh, fear not, they're both intertwined. So as I post, I generally post to Facebook, and that goes into Twitter. So uh, it's a two-for-one deal. Because I know some people like Twitter. They hate Facebook and vice versa. Um, so there, there's my, there's my weekly uh, socials speech. Uh, so if you're interested in following the show, uh, that's the best way to do it. To get your daily dose of the paranormal uh, after the show, uh, also links to the show when it's published, uh, uploaded through Podbean after the live show. Uh, those links also appear on the social media outlets as well. So I'm sure you have your favorite podcast site that you have, and I'm pretty sure this show is on there as well. All right, so moving along to other news we have, uh, you know, was it June 16th? We talked about here on the show, the Paranormal News Insider, talked about the possibility and even the probability that haunted houses as we know it may no longer exist. Or they're going to have to tra- drastically change due to COVID-19. I mean, a lot of things have changed from the way we eat, the way we shop, um, the way we hang out with people. A lot of things have changed, whether we wanted it to or not. Uh, life is evolving. 
and it may never be the same as what it was uh, earlier this year, late last year. It's 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 changing. We have to change, or otherwise, things are going to get really bad around here. Uh, I even made the statement that I think it's possible that haunted houses might even transition back to where they came from in the early 1900s, which was uh, in homes, in houses, garages, backyards. And it seems like Japan has opened the door for a new type of haunted house that takes care of social distancing. And this is really interesting. It's a very simple concept. But it's, I think it's the more I think about it, I, when I first read the story, I thought, well, that's just stupid. That's just dumb. That, that, no one's going to get scared with that. Then I thought about it. I was driving to work and I was thinking about this. I think this would be a, a very scary experience. So uh, what they're doing in Japan, they're having this experience behind glass. Not just regular glass, but while the participants are actually in their cars. So this has uh, been dubbed a drive-in experience. And it's been created by a Tokyo-based haunted house company that allows up to four people to enter a garage while inside of their car. Not only that, uh, a radio is connected to a device uh, that tells a haunted tale while actors outside will get close up to the participants all while practicing social distancing. I don't think they're wearing masks, but I think you're okay uh, behind glass. Uh, the company is called uh, Koagar Arsati, which translates roughly to a squad wanting to scare. And it's created a 20-minute haunted garage experience for 8,000 yen. Wow, who has 8,000 yen just lying around? That's a lot of money. 8,000 yen. Well, that's actually uh, equates to $74.60. Sounds like a lot of money, I know. But if you've got four people... I mean, that's 2,000 yen ahead there. That's not too bad. Now, for an extra 1,000 yen or $9 and some change, uh, you could rent a vehicle for the experience. Maybe yours is a, a big truck, 4x4. Four four. It's a little too big for that experience. Uh, this requires smaller vehicles. you got to have places to work here. Uh, for 1,500 yen or about $14, you could have what they list as a bloody option. No, they don't drag you out of the car. Uh, nothing like that. This this option allows the actors to actually spill blood on your vehicle. <laughs> spill blood on my vehicle. Well, I'm not sure about that. But they'll also provide a framed image of your bloody car at a later time. So, wow, you get pics of your bloodied car. Uh, the blood is washed off, fear not. And the vehicles are disinfected, even if you don't have the bloody option. Your vehicle will be disinfected by the staff uh, since the actors will come into contact with it. And uh, again, you know, I thought about this and I thought, you know, I, I just don't think it's very scary. But then I thought about it, just sitting in the car. I was like, you know, I think this would be kind of scary. You know, it, it's we're used to it here in the United States, going to haunted houses, uh, people pushing us, shoving us, getting right into our face, yelling in our ears, uh, you know, wind and, and other tactile experiences of of that whole experience noises and, and feelings and uh you know all, the chainsaw guy running after us down you know knocking us down and standing over us and telling our us our, our lives are about to well that's a long story it's a personal thing um but think about it you're trapped in your vehicle and all you can do 
you can only see what's around you. You can't escape. You can't go anywhere. You can't run. You can't hide. They're right there. Plus, if they duck down, you can't see them. That's scary too. And you can't, sometimes it's what you can't see that scares you. And, and to think, I'm sure there's lights and noises that go on with this that are uh, just be frightening. My, I think it's a different kind of, of scare and frighten. I don't know if it would work here in the United States, but um, it's working out there. It's working in Japan. It's actually sold out for the immediate future. Uh, and if done right, I think it could. I think it could really take off here in the United States. I, I see a lot of different ways you could do this, uh, like a haunted barn experience. You park your car in the haunted barn. Uh, they chalk your vehicle. They take your keys. Or I don't know what they do, but you know, then you could see a bunch of uh, people running at you, and you know, maybe they mock burn the the barn the barn or something. I don't know. I think there's different things you could do that would scare people. Uh, with this, and I'll throw that link in the chat room. But uh, kind of a, a story I've uh, been reading about. That's uh, kind of sad. Uh, that has to do with this. There's a lot of closures of haunted houses, and I think you're going to be hearing a lot more. It's the, the industry is kind of like they're on a hold right now because their seasons are about to start. Usually late August, early September, uh, mid September depends on where you're at. Uh, but uh, their seasons are beginning to start, and they're—they don't want to. They're just like everybody else. They don't—they don't, they don't want to say no that we're not going to do this. So they have every intention of uh, moving forward with haunted houses. But slowly, one by one, uh, it seems like there's a lot of closures happening with these. Uh, so California-based Epic Entertainment Group has announced their Dark Harbor and Dark Horizon haunted house events uh, at the Queen Mary out there in California and uh, Orlando, Florida, uh, for the Dark Horizon Haunted House events, respectively. Well, they've been canceled for 2020 due to COVID-19 concerns. Uh, the Orlando closure is joined by Disney's Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party that's also been canceled. I've been keeping an eye on some local haunted houses here in Ohio. They've not made any announcements uh, as to closures, but they've also not been very forthcoming about opening weekends either. So I think there's a lot of wait and see. Ohio is one of those uh, weird states. We're we're still in the red. So we're still, we still have a lot of cases. Uh, we're not the worst, uh, but we're really not going in the right direction at this point. So uh, I do see Ohio possibly having some closures going backwards for a little while. That is if the people don't burn the state down uh, before that happens. But um, who's to say? And I think a lot of the decisions on haunted houses is going to come on a state-by-state basis. And, you know, it's all about just, just stay safe. I know we've been saying that all year, and, and people are tired of COVID-19. They're tired of being locked down. They're tired of being told to wear a mask. I get that. But this isn't about you. This is about everybody else. It's about keeping your neighbors safe, your your grandparents safe. Um, your family members who could be vulnerable to this disease safe. And we got to think about everybody else uh, on top of our own health. And, uh, you know, having fun is is having fun, but you know, there's a lot of outlets we can find. And hopefully haunted house experiences will evolve to COVID-19 like everyone else and everything else has had to do. Uh, but uh, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about these moving forward. And, 
that's pretty much it. And I do appreciate everybody coming out this week. And hopefully I've given you uh, some entertainment, some, some things to kind of uh, deviate from the craziness and zaniness that we all have to endure during the week. That's my goal. It's my goal. And it's my outlet to trust me uh, from some of the stuff that I have to see and endure in my job and day to day as well. So thank you for being in the chat room. I appreciate everybody who has uh, been a part of the chat room tonight and every night or any night ever. Uh, but it's not like I don't appreciate those who are not in chat. I get it. You can't, you can't be here. Uh, but I do appreciate you for listening to the show. If you can hear my voice, I very appreciate you uh, for tuning in to the Paranormal News Insider. Big thanks to my producer and, again, everyone else for tuning in tonight. Uh, yes, the uh, Paranormal Poll, forgot to answer that question. The Paranormal Poll is still there. Uh, you can see that uh, on the front page of ParanewsInsider.com. There's a vote link there for that. Working on a blog to one of those hopefully I'll have out pretty soon, but you know how that goes. So I will see you next week, but for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, and the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind slightly ajar. Above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>